welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. And I'm Kate Hallowell. Today, we are discussing uh, (laughs) the news we have to discuss Elon Musk and Grimes' baby and its name. Um, We are continuing cringe mode and Amelia's You Oughta Know. And then wait for the end of the pod. We're asking a very important unanswerable question. Just vital. Every time you hear the bell, we have to change topics, no matter what. And now, let's spill the tea. All right, we're dedicating an entire category to this little guy. This is Tea Time Checks In with Elon Musk and Grimes' baby, born this week. Kate, what is this baby's name? So you have to say it first. I don't want to. Okay, so there are a lot of theories on how this name is actually supposed to be pronounced. I'm just going to read it how it's written, and then we can debate. Yes. So the name of their child is the letter X and then a space and then a combined letter A-E, which it turns out is an Elvish. Sure. Sure. And then a space (laughs) and then A-12. So altogether, it looks like X-A-E-A-12. Yes. So, (laughs) yes. Okay, so Grimes in an Instagram comment, I'm sure you saw this, right? She kind of clarified in her mind how this is spelled. She also tweeted about it because she okay. and Elon cannot get off Twitter, despite the fact that they should be spending time with their new baby. They, they will not stop tweeting. So she said in this comment, she goes, it's just like X, like letter X, and then AI, like you say the letter AI. So it's XAIA12. Well, sort of. So she <laughs> tweeted like letter by letter. She goes, X, the unknown variable, which is why they chose that. Then she and goes, two sword emojis. Sword emojis. Then she goes, A-E combined, my elven spelling of A-I, love and or artificial intelligence. Then she goes, A-12, the precursor to the SR-17, our favorite aircraft. No weapons, no defenses, just speed. Great in battle, but nonviolent. And then she goes, plus A equals Archangel, my favorite song. So there are a lot of questions about this. First of all, the A-12 is also apparently called the Archangel. That's like another name for the aircraft. So people are debating and saying maybe it's supposed to be like Zay Archangel. What? Is the baby's (laughs) name. Some people thought it was like Sasha Archangel. I don't know how they got that. See, this is what Reddit is for. And as I've told everyone in the past, I can't get past the homepage. But I think that people have been figuring this out for a while. Yeah. But so I guess, yeah, mine was the worst. I took it too literally. Mine was XAI 12. But that doesn't doesn't sound good. I have another theory as well. So Elon Musk, when he was naming cars, like Tesla cars, he wanted to name one of them S and then the next version E and then the next version X because Elon Musk is a 12-year-old boy. No. uh But Ford copyrighted it for some reason and he couldn't do the E. So he ended up naming his cars S3X. And a lot of times he'll like tweet pictures of it and make jokes and be like, look, it's like sex on the road. So clearly (sighs) Elon Musk, what we can learn from that is that Elon Musk pronounces numbers like the letter that they look like, right? So to him, the three was the same as an E. So if you look at one and two, the closest letters are I and Z, right? I suppose, yes. So if you think about it that way, (laughs) it would be Zay A's. Okay. So altogether, if you say it really fast, it's Zay's. That's that's not terrible. I wish they had spelled it like that. I don't, Um, that's probably not right, but that's my theory. 
I can't tell if this is better or worse than what we, didn't we predict that they were going to name it like Xavier or something like totally? That was it. Well, Vanilla? He, has a, he has another son named Xavier. And when oh, people yeah. were trying to figure out how this was pronounced, the first letters looked like Zay. Yeah. And so that was a debate. Although I have to say, when Grimes tweeted out this explanation, Elon replied and corrected her and said, the, it's the SR-71. But yes, because she flipped Aye. the two numbers. Meanwhile, she, she had just given birth. <laughs> right. And that's what she responded. She was like, I'm recovering from surgery and barely alive. <laughs> so maybe my typos could be forgiven. But damn it, that was meant to be profound. And then he goes, you are a powerful angel emoji, queen emoji. Oh my God. Uh. They got they got to log off. He even tweeted, people were asking for pictures of the baby. Yes, yes. And he, first he tweeted a picture of him holding the baby. And then he tweeted a close-up picture of the baby's face. But he put one of those Instagram tattoo, like face tattoo filters on the baby. And so this mm-hmm. baby has face tattoos in its first public picture. I and just, the baby's like, so beautiful too. I so just cute. was so sad. <laughs> Just log off, please. Think about the nicknames. You had a couple uh, predictions on what their next baby should be named. Do you want to I start did. there? I did have some predictions. Well, following these, this example, I feel like here yeah. are some things that they could name their next child. E equals MC squared, AK-47. Nice, uh, nice. The quadratic equation, uh, <laughs> AX squared plus BX plus C equals zero, and then throwing his little SEX thing onto the end. I, I never thought I'd be discussing the quadratic equation on T-Type, but here we are. <laughs> We surprise ourselves every day. Um, and then maybe they'll throw in some emojis for the next one. Seems yeah. like This brings at me step. actually to, that is very possible. It brings me to what I was going to say lastly about this whole thing was that technically this baby was born in California and you cannot name, like that That name is not allowed in like under <laughs> California law. Thank God. Because this uh, family attorney told People Magazine that it's like a very unique newborn name, but it actually does it line up with what California law says. So it says you can only use, this is only in California, you can only use the 26 characters of the English language in your baby name. You can't have numbers, Roman numerals, accents, symbols, or emojis, but like an apostrophe obviously is allowed, like, you know, Kevin O'Connor or something. But maybe he was like, with the times, I guess we could alter that and lock and change. And like, you can maybe one day name your baby an emoji. I don't want it. My name is Liz. I mean- yeah, well, I I'm can't Kate. compete. I mean, come on. <laughs> I can't compete. Maybe with we're the just times. jealous. Do you think this comes from like a deep seated jealousy and like our normal boring names? May- Do I want to be Archangel A12? Maybe. Maybe. This is where this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy we covered it. I'm happy the baby is born healthy. Everyone's happy and safe. Um, but yeah, this is a long road ahead for Archangel. <laughs> if Archangel Sasha Archangel might be doomed. <laughs> I don't want to move on, uh, but we have to. Uh, we bringing in Amelia for the next category. This week in social media, slash not worth the tea. For the second week in a row, we're grouping these both together because what happens on social media also just is not worth the tea at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to our first piece of news, which is that Selena Gomez is going to become a chef on TV because HBO Max uh, just announced on Deadline that They will be doing a TV show together. It's 10 episodes, and it's around her cooking at home. Apparently, she's going to be joined remotely by an expert chef, and then together, they'll collaborate on, like, various recipes and, I guess, exchange tips, quote-unquote, which um, some people were annoyed by because, obviously, Selena Gomez doesn't really uh, have any cooking expertise at all, and she's just a pop star, and it kind of takes away from— those who are actually good at cooking maybe getting one. But she has such an insanely large following. True. It makes, I mean, it's going to get viewers. I guess a lot of people would watch her cook like eggs in I the kitchen. I guess 
But like, why not just, like, can't this be a YouTube show? I, why does it have to be HBO Max? I know, that is true also. She's, okay, so she told The Hollywood Reporter, she goes, I think I've been asked hundreds of times in interviews if I had to have another career, what would I do? And I've always answered that it would be fun to be a chef. I don't have any formal training though. Just like many of us being home, I find myself cooking more and more and experimenting in the kitchen. And I get it. I mean, we're all cooking a lot more, but that doesn't mean I want to watch her make like a uh, tuna melt. Right. You know? Yeah. No, that's, I feel like this is kind of her, like, putting her little feet into the water that is a lifestyle celebrity brand. Yes, you know? totally. You know? That is where it's the like, money is, kind of, now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. And honestly, if we're thinking about it, Amelia, I think I would rather have her be on this TV show than release another album. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. I have not liked a Selena Gomez song since That's her Wizards of Waverly Place era. I don't think. Really? You yeah. didn't like Come and Get It? Oh, shoot. I used to run that, to that song. Okay. That was a good, that's Maybe. A good song. <laughs> Maybe they can incorporate it into this TV show. Um, next piece of news I'm actually a little bit more excited to talk about, <laughs> which is Tom Cruise is teaming up uh, with SpaceX, and he plans to shoot a movie in space. Why? <laughs> This is insane. I feel like we've done this pod for more than a year. I feel like I've seen a lot of different celebrity news. This actually caught me by surprise. <laughs> he has no limitations to what he'll put his body through. Notoriously, he does his own stunts. He like trains very ferociously. And right. he hurts himself quite a bit because obviously he's not a professional stuntman. To put right. Tom Cruise in space is so high risk. <laughs> I can't even believe this is a thing. Imagine shooting a movie in space, Amelia, with a crew and a PA and crafty in the corner. Well, what? Okay, I'm confused because you know when they say it'll be in space, but then sometimes when they say it'll be in space, it's actually like on one of those simulated like airplane jet things where there's zero gravity. They did that for that. Not that I like, I don't know why my brain chooses to remember this dumb stuff, but like they did that with like Kate Upton for like Sports Illustrated. They're like, really? she's going to be in a bikini in space. And it was like, she wasn't in space. She wasn't mm-hmm. a bikini, but it was just like one of those simulation things where she was like, had no gravity. Yeah. Yeah. But he is teaming with NASA and SpaceX. Okay, to make true, this movie, true, so like, true. maybe. But I have so many questions about this. I fear for Tom Cruise's life. I fear for the crew's life. They're basically going to have to hire astronauts should be focusing on other things besides putting Tom Cruise and a film crew safely in space to make yeah. like Mission Impossible 18 or whatever that is on. so true you know they should be used their resources and their brains should potentially be used for other things right can we focus on like the Mars rover or something <laughs> our planet know? is dying people our planet <laughs> is dying we don't Please. need Tom Cruise and his giant ass in space <laughs> Okay, next one. Unfortunately, sorry, sorry. All right, next okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so on Twitter recently, I guess this was May 4th, some girl, uh, Aisha Oladapo, at Oladapo Aisha, she posted this clip of Tyra and it went viral. It was from America's Next Top Model, which was a, I think, I don't know if it's still on. I don't think so. But it was a popular show like 10 years ago and it went on for like a decent amount of time. Yeah. Hosted by Tyra Banks. And it was just like, she would put these poor girls into all these crazy situations that she was like, it's modeling when it was like, no one's ever done this before. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, she this woman tweeted out, why was this allowed to air? What the fuck? Tyra Banks is going straight to to hell and it's a clip of this poor girl named Danielle who had a gap in her two front teeth 
And Tyra just like reams her for it. She's like, you really? think you can be a cover girl with a gap in your like teeth? Yeah, she's really mean. And so this kind of launched a whole like Twitter. People were posting other clips of Tyra just being really mean to the yeah. girls on Antium <laughs> and making them do like insane stuff. Apparently someone else was like nine seasons later, she was drilling into a girl's teeth to make her gap wider. So no! yes. So Tyra oh is scary. I think we'll have to do this maybe if we still quarantine like and we need another deep dive, but we should revisit America's Next Top Model. Oh I watched it for God. way too long with my sister. Yes. But and it, it's kind of coming back around. People are just like rediscovering yes. and being like, wait, that's not okay. The entire show was a problem. Um, it really was. Janice Dickinson probably said some things if we refound those clips, oh she would God. get canceled. I, I don't know if she already is, but yeah, her, the makeover portion, mm. not great. The challenges that they would have to do, talking about Tom Cruise in space, she like basically launched people into like very different physical situations. The whole show was a mess and people are remembering it. Yes, exactly. And what, like, I remember this one and someone brought it up in the Twitter thread that she made this girl who found out that one of her good friends had died. She made her pose as like one of the seven deadly sins. I think it was like wrath in lowered into like a grave, <gasps> no. which is just, that is so messed up. Oh my God. Like Tyra, how could you? We would never let that fly today. Ever. Never. Um, next thing on social media that's not worth the tea, it was Adele's birthday mm. this week. She turned 32 and she posted on Instagram. She doesn't do it a lot. She popped up and she did a nice little caption. It's her possibly in her home. Looks like very nice, like flowery thing. And yeah. she says, thank you for the birthday love. She wrote a sweet message. It's not worth the tea because everyone is talking about her weight loss journey. And we already have discovered this. Like we have known that she's been working on her fitness for a while and losing yeah. weight for a long time. And yeah, everyone freaked out. She's got bright blonde hair in this photo. She she looks amazing. She has looked amazing in the past. She's always been beautiful. But yeah. everyone won't stop talking about this one photo, this one birthday photo of her. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's no longer her debut. This is just like a new lifestyle that she's in. And we got to stop talking about it. Right. And honestly, the real question I want to know is what the fuck is that hoop thing that she is showing off? <laughs> we can post it in our um, in our yeah, tea time thread. But right. yeah, it's a circular kind of looks like she's getting married. She actually looks yeah. very formal, Amelia, for I don't I think she's in she L.A. I don't know where I guess her birthday. She like just London got all dressed up. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Happy birthday, Adele. And I'm sorry that people just have been objectifying your body for, since the beginning of time. <laughs> okay, next Seriously. One. Okay, so there's this YouTuber guy who I have sadly um, watched his videos before just because they're like insane. But mm -hmm. his video involving a one of those murder hornets now because oh, they're yeah. invading America now. He did a video like two years ago, but now it's recirculating on the web because it involves a murder hornet. And it's a guy and his name is Coyote Peterson. His show is called Brave Wilderness. And essentially in this video, he just captures a murder hornet and he lets it sting him. What? Yes. It is just... What happens? He literally just... He, they go and him and his camera guy who is just like so nonchalant, they go into the wilderness. They find this murder hornet and he like captures it um, in a little net. And then he's like, OK, guys, I'm going to get ready to be stung. Like I'm like into the sting zone. And like he's done this with a bunch of different 
weird insects. Like that's his thing. Like his uh-huh. in every video he has like an insect sting him. And which is just I hate people like that. Sorry. Okay. No, it's it's wild. But anyway, he's like writhing in pain. He's like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then he's like trying to tell us like what's going on at the same time. He's like, you can see the swelling on my arm. Oh God, oh God. And it's just you know, we'll post the video. It's a little insane. The people who watch those now, the modern day version is the people who watch pimple poppers, which oh is just God. sick to me. Why? Why did this guy do that? I hate that. I don't know. But I guess what I mean, what we all can glean from it is that murder hornets, they have a name for a reason. The sting is very painful. And I don't I just I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid this is not the kind of quarantine and now yeah, this. This is not the kind of wildlife news Tea Time wants to be bringing you. We missed the feral hog news. Trust us. <laughs> okay, uh last one and not worth the tea. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um okay. So interesting fact, I didn't know this, but I don't know if you watched Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. But Boy Meets World, great show. The finale was actually celebrated 20 years ago, which is kind of insane. Wow. On Tuesday. Yeah. And I don't know if you watched the later seasons of Boy Meets World, but there was a character named Rachel and she was like this really pretty striking redhead. And she was like the roommate of Sean and Eric. Okay. And yeah. yeah and she ends up, spoiler alert, with Sean in the end. And it you might be surprised because she was so wholesome, but- Now she's in the adult industry and she's like a very celebrated adult film actress. But she just posted something on her Instagram was like, yeah, it's been 20 years. Yay. But, you know, just want to because I feel like the the adult industry is a bit of my beat. Um, Just want to shout out to her, you know, and um, again, you know, not to bring up OnlyFans. Maybe I'll pay for hers instead. I don't know. Um, Oh, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I might like hers better than Trisha Paytas and Chad Johnson. Uh, I hate that we brought them into another episode of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're moving on. Next category. But yes, okay. One of my favorites that we've created since doing Tea Time is Amelia's You Oughta Know. And just FYI, for those not listening, Oughta, you know, is A-U-G-H-T-A. You're bringing old news, telling us why we care, doing a deep dive on like a very specific celeb story from the past. Take it away. And today, we're going to, I feel like you guys love Lindsay Lohan. And honestly, you know, Tea Time loves her, supports her. So do we. Um, So we're just going to do another Lindsay Lohan mini deep dive. It is the Lindsay Lohan knife saga featuring Vanessa Manillo, now Lachey. Do you remember this? Absolutely not. And you know what? I did zero research on this, so I'm just ready oh. to be thrilled. Oh, great. I cannot I'm so wait excited. to hear what the hell the Lindsay Lohan knife saga is with Vanessa Manillo. <laughs> with Vanessa Manillo. Okay, All right, go so, ahead. So um, this was back in June of 2007. So we're it's like almost 13 years ago. Crazy. Uh, a photo agency called Agency X17 posted these photos that were private. So again, I'm sorry, Lindsay, we're sharing mm-hmm. your private information. Um, but it's a series of three photos and she looks a little out of it. She looks a little drunk. So does Vanessa Manillo. And well, we can post these on a thread, but she has a knife like this freaking I don't a butcher knife, would you oh. say? Yeah. And, and she's all coming back to me. Oh, is it coming back yeah. to you? Okay. She has it like sexy in her mouth. She's yes. giving us bedroom eyes. She has it. Uh, she puts the knife against Vanessa Manillo's um neck in another photo. Oh my God. This <laughs> Do you 
unlocked a deep part of my brain I never wanted to bring back up. I'm so sorry. Why can't I remember this and not world history? But regardless, continue, please. Um, And so she's, you know, she's she has the knife in her in her mouth and she's, you know, pretending to slit Vanessa Manillo's throat and Vanessa Manillo is like grabbing at her skimpy, you know, black tank top. The photos are very sexy. They're uh-huh. very, uh, I wouldn't even say, I mean, they're like scandals, but not even that scandalous. Yeah. Like they're just like, they're, they're posing. To now what people post? Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, according to people.com, the photos were actually taken in June of 2006 and they show a 20-year-old Lindsay Lohan uh, holding a knife to Vanessa Manillo's neck, which is a little shocking, but also like, I mean, if you've ever heard Vanessa Manillo speak, I understand. No, I'm just, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Sorry, I had to make that joke. Um, And, but anyway, Vanessa Manillo was 26 at the time and she, this is like when she was dating Nick Lachey and she wow. had recently left her TRL job at MTV. And... It was also later revealed that the photos were allegedly stolen by the paparazzi. And yeah, not great. Uh, And then Us Weekly said that the photos took place after a night out at New York Club Bungalow 8. And a source tells us that Manilo got caught up in the moment and thought it would be fun. It was stupid and she regrets it. They were only fooling around, which is... Yeah, sure. it's a it's a photo shoot. I mean, it's I'm literally sure a photo been shoot. Drinking and other things, yeah, right. And uh, just another little added interest. Uh, apparently, these photos were taken at Sean Lennon's apartment, and Sean Lennon wow. is the son, yeah, of uh, Yoko Ono and um, John Lennon. So he's wrapped in this too. I, I they must be his knives. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, your your mouth is a gape. Yeah, well, I know. I'm sorry. That's bad podcasting. No, but no. I totally forgot about this whole thing. You know what? Every celebrity she's had multiple, but every celebrity has like <laughs> a photo shoot scandal. Miley Cyrus yes. had it. Yes, I think uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Like a lot of people. Oh God, yeah, have had it. It's kind of like a rite of passage. I feel like maybe I'm just so weathered and tired, but and I've seen too much. But I feel like these aren't that bad at all. Same, same. But oh, in 2007. Yes, they are certainly meant to be private. I would not want to pose like that and have them leaked right. out everywhere. But yeah, the public is very conservative. I can see them being outraged. The public was like outraged at the time because at the time, I guess Vanessa Manillo was like a quote unquote like good girl. Oh, that's even tough. Though, like, yeah. And mm-hmm. she, you know, she just left her job at MTV. Apparently she was signed by Bongo Jeans. If you remember Bongo wow. Jeans. Where they, I think they, <laughs> I think they had deals with like Kristen Cavallari and like Nicole Richie or something. Yeah. But apparently she didn't lose her contract, so they didn't even think it was that big of a deal. Oh, thank God! I know, but it was again. I think it was an added um, to the narrative that oh, Lindsay Lohan is corrupting America's youth. She's corrupting yes. uh, quote unquote good girl Vanessa Manillo, and there's knife play involved. What the heck is happening? And I think that was kind of the. Yeah, that takeaway. Over, you know what's yeah. tough though for for Vanessa Manillo is that I don't even remember her in this scandal. I don't remember her in these <gasps> photos. I remember it now, sure. the Lindsay Lohan knife situation. Right. But the girl kind of cleansed that whole thing, scrubbed it away. Now she's Love is Blind co-host with her husband. <laughs> oh my she's God. She's doing quite well for herself. Iconic. True. Yeah. You know, I guess happy for Vanessa Manila. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but you know, do your thing, girl. Yes. Um, But again, you know, this is just... I, I guess what I wanted to share is just that 
poor Lindsay. You know, we yes. all just gang up on her. This was the beginning, kind of the beginning of the end of her career because this was 2007. These photos got released. That was the first time she went to like rehab. She got arrested a few times. It, 20, 2007 was, was a rough year for Lindsay. It was. It truly was. Uh, do you want to give a little tease about what's coming next week for you? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I don't want to reveal it, but I put together like a little a, a clue thing. And so forgive me, this might sound really stupid, but I tried to make it like Oh, okay. Okay, so for next week, a forbidden love featuring a burly and brawny intimidating specimen and someone who has had scandals to rival Lindsay Lohan. But again, nobody's perfect. Oh, that was not, not to use your word. That was perfect, Amelia. Thank so you. That's a hint about what scandal you're talking about next week. Unfortunately, I've been spoiled. I see it in the notes. I'm sorry. But that was perfect. Yes. That was a really good hint. So you Thank can you. mull that over you guys before next week. Uh, yes, I'm excited to talk about it. And yeah, I, me too. I, okay, cool. Especially Great. excited to talk about it. <laughs> yes. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain and enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story, your answer is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a casual game anyone can play. Downloaded Best Fiends a couple weeks ago, and I don't really, I'm not really one for phone games, so I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. And now, about a week and a half later, I'm well into the 100s on the levels. It's been a really fun way to kind of take me off of like the scary internet and just kind of like engage my brain in a way that is fun and like has fun visuals and you collect bugs and kill the slugs, and it's just like a cheery little world. It's called Minutia. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. Plus, they update the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. It also doesn't require internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cell data. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right, next category, favorite time of the week. It is cringe mode. (laughs) We are covering Twilight Breaking Dawn. You guys, if you're sick of this content, know that we are even more so. The road is ending soon. We only have, this is Breaking Dawn part one. We're going to cover Breaking Dawn part two. And then we'll maybe do a little extra category at the end. So you only have like three-ish more episodes of this Twilight content. You can do it. We can do it. Kate, we're close. Yeah. <laughs> we're close. And Twilight is really back in like the zeitgeist. Stephanie yes. Myers is officially releasing Midnight Sun. All these people were tweeting this week about how like Edward Cullen survived the Spanish flu. Like we can survive this. And I was like, yes. did we do this? Did we bring I Twilight back? I don't know, but maybe. It maybe. can't be ruled out. It can't okay, be so ruled out. We're talking about Twilight Breaking Dawn part one. Kate, what were your book takeaways? Okay, so... I remember reading Breaking Dawn. I went to the midnight premiere at Barnes and Noble with my sister. Wow. In I believe eighth grade. And we stood in line and like read the book in line, I remember. And then like uh-huh. went home and our parents let us stay up all night to read Breaking Dawn. And like I was oh sitting God. in one bunk bed and my sister was sitting in the other bunk bed and we were both oh. in like different parts because we got our own versions because we didn't want to wait to read it. Of course. Of course. I remember being quite baffled. Like I really wanted to like it at the time. And I remember being just like, I, I, what is happening? Yeah. So I was not expecting anything good going into this book. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm stunned to say that I think this is the best Twilight book upon rereading. 
Absolutely. I got sucked into this book so hard. (laughs) This week was one of the busier weeks I've had ever at work. And yet I cracked open that book, was like, I just got to skim. I just got to make sure I remember the plot. Read that entire book accidentally because a lot of really fun stuff plot-wise happens in this book. Do you want to take like two sentences for the listeners who didn't get a chance to reread what happens? Yes, I'll try. Just the first half. In the first half of the book, a lot of shit happens in this book, which is why it's the best one. It's not just like Bella being dramatic for, you know, 40 chapters. So first half of the book, Bella and Edward get married. They go on their honeymoon. Bella gets pregnant magically. No one knew that could happen. It happens. She gives birth to the baby, and that's where part one cuts off. Meanwhile, Jacob is with the wolves. We get like a whole section of the book from Jacob's point of view, which is new. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically breaks away from the werewolves, starts his own pack to protect Bella. And then it end, part one ends with him imprinting on the baby, which is just yes. iconic. Yes. Right. So, yeah, we're only going to cover part one, obviously, part two yeah. is next week. So we're going to focus on the wedding, which mm-hmm. was beautiful in the movie. It was okay in the book. It was, we cover their honeymoon, which is very juicy stuff. And then, yeah, her like entire demise. Um, okay. So wedding takeaways. Yes. It's a classic. Alice did it. If you remember Edward's sister, she of course is like very tomboyish. She doesn't want to do anything, but they do like, it's funny in the book, the detail that Stephanie Myers gives, it's like they did the cake in each other's faces. Edward pulled down her garter, which like was such a funny detail of picturing these two characters in it. Meanwhile, she's 18, just graduated high school. Right. Um, she threw the bouquet to Angela, blah, blah, blah. The wedding is actually more fun to talk about in the movie. So I'll like wait to like a full cleanse then. And then, yeah, they go to their honeymoon, which is, as I noted last episode, flying out of Se- Seattle Tacoma Airport. They already <laughs> did international once. She flew to Florence to like save Edward. But the book makes a note to say that they had a layover in Houston. Great. Love that detail. <laughs> then they go to Rio de Janeiro. She has no idea where they're going, P.S., this entire time. First of all, that's 17 hours to fly to that location. And then she says that it's another hour by boat. In the middle of the night, she's so tired. So they mercifully skip that entire travel um, situation in the movie. They skip right to this, like, beautiful paradise that they're in. It's like this—it's an island, right, that Carlisle gave Esme? Correct. Lovely. Okay, one thing in the book I want to talk about was that Stephanie Myers wrote that Alice wrote her honeymoon— or um, packed her honeymoon bag, right. which was filled with French lingerie. And like, she's like opening it up. She's like, oh, this is so weird. Like, not going to wear any of this. The idea of my sister-in-law packing a bag for me full of that stuff is so deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Imagine, Kate. All the Collins are deeply controlling. It's not just Edward. That's what we found out. It's so insane. And this happens in the book and the movie. So let's just talk about it now. Bella's honeymoon prep is perhaps the most relatable part of any of these books or That's movies. It's funny you say that. I have a different thought on it. Okay. Do you? Okay. She yeah. goes, she basically, Edward like leaves for the beach. They're like going to have sex for the first time. Obviously, Bella has spent three books like losing her mind over the idea yes. of this. Yes. She like has literally like wanted this for so long. And she like freaks out. And then she's like, okay, I got to wash my face. And then she's like, okay, I got to wash my body. And then she's like, yeah. okay, actually, I'm going to take a whole shower. Meanwhile, Edward's just like waiting on the beach. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, now I got to shave my legs. Okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. And she then she's like, and then I need to have a breakdown on the bathroom floor. And it yes. just becomes like this whole like prep montage where I'm like, how long did this take? That is relatable. However, the shaving the legs, and they, they did this in the movie too. 
Aren't her legs freshly shaven? That's fair. You know what? You're right. There she are is, some girls. She just got married. <laughs> maybe she's just nervous. She's just trying something to do. I would shave those armpits. Those are the right. ones that like get a five o'clock shadow so easily. You're right. The legs yeah. are silky smooth no matter what. You're anyway, right. It's that only was been part. a day since she got married. You're right. Max. Although long travel time. But that, yeah. yeah. The, it yeah. can have grown back that much. Then they go night swimming. They consummate their marriage. And then <laughs> the book is kind of descriptive, less descriptive in the movie, which is PG-13. Uh, we don't really need, they, you know, they have sex. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. I remember, we were a little concerned about whether or not it happened in the ocean. Yes. Which they aren't specific about. That's where it starts. But yes. then Edward like breaks the whole bed. So then it's like, okay, they do yes. eventually make it back there. Off mic, I did have some questions about the logistics of that ocean um, situation. We but had yeah. some logistics questions. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, she gets pregnant, like you said, to grow in this demon baby. And then I feel like the whole pregnant, the last, what, half of this, or like the section that we're talking about is mm-hmm. so gruesome. It turns oh into God. like a horror story. It's actually, the pregnancy scene is unreadable. So Bella goes through this horrific pregnancy and it like, you know, they don't realize that like the baby wants blood because the baby's a half vampire. So then she's like yes. getting no nutrition. She's like skeletal. She's bruised. And then yes. literally the baby like rips itself out of her body. Yep. And Stephanie Meyer, I don't know why I would have expected restraint from Stephanie Meyer of all people. And she <laughs> proved that to be true. Literally, it's like unreadable. Bella is like vomiting fountains of blood as yeah. this baby rips itself out of her. And it's like a horror movie. Although I will say it's so much worse to watch. So can we just skip yes. right to the movie? Yes. I want to spend a Let's lot of time it. on this. Okay. Movie, we're taking you back from the beginning because we have to talk about we it. We have to. You think it's what? The worst movie? Best movie? What? It's the worst movie. It's the best <laughs> book. And it's the worst movie. It's so bad. Because of how gory and gruesome it is? I, I That, but also like it's boring and like the acting's bad and nothing happens. I, it's so bad. Yeah. Okay, so same thing, same plot. Um, the wedding was very beautiful in the movie. I feel like they were kind of ahead of their time. They did like an entire mm. flower altar, which a lot of people do now. Flowers and moss and everything. It was like very foresty, lovely occasion. Um, she wore the same dress through the ceremony and after party, which mm. is kind of rare. People tended to slip into something a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more feisty, but that's obviously not her speed. Uh, she looked like, yeah, like a classic bride, you know, not a yeah. lot. I liked the back of the dress, but the front was really ugly. Yeah, like so it was just a long seat gown, went all the way down and kind of had an open lacy back. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of twinkly lights. Same thing from the book and movie. Again, pretty ahead. I, I just feel like this wedding would have yeah. flied today all these totally. years later. There is a cameo that I know pissed you off. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, you get one cameo per series. She's yeah. in the first movie. She's in the diner. And I remember seeing her. And when I went to see the movie, it was like, oh, it's her. You don't get to come back. Like, you don't yeah. get to also be a wedding guest. And it's, yeah. like, not subtle. It Like, she gets the whole frame to herself. All. <laughs> Although I wonder, because she's been in the news so much with this new book, The Midnight Sun, I wonder if I would have recognized her. I think it would have been, like, that's a weird shot. And then, like, kept going. <laughs> but now her face is, like, ingrained in my brain. Yeah. Um, the thing that really tripped me and you up, too, was the wedding toasts. <laughs> so, like, classic best man, Emmett, whatever his name, gets up, has, like, a sex joke. Great, this classic wedding stuff. Anna Kendrick gets up, which is so sad to me that that's like Bella's closest friend. And they like yeah. didn't even like each other this entire series. Um, her dad spoke, Alice spoke. Her mom did like a weird lullaby to a completely Literally silent same. crowd. Awful. 
Why? Edward Mont, like, a lot of toasts. So many. Then they go to the honeymoon. To travel to the honeymoon, she puts on this very conservative, like, Ann Taylor loft business dress. And that, heels. Like, goes right before her knees. She chooses to travel in that the entire way and, um, until she has her whole, like, insane shaving, showering situation. She's <laughs> in that dress for, like, 22 hours. I would— I, like, actually can't believe that, that they were like, this is realistic. Just put her in jeans. Who cares? That's a classic wardrobe issue. That wardrobe person should have been like, we're going to change her into, like, a cute white matching sweatsuit yeah. or something. It's insane to think that she spent 24 hours in that dress and heels. Agreed. And then, yes, the last 50 minutes of this movie is, is a horror movie. I'm going to say it. The CGI in this movie. We always, people always talk about the CGI baby in the next movie, which is like yeah. when Renesmee grows up. But they, the CGI that they use on pregnant Bella to make her look skinny and scary yes. is some yes. of the worst CGI I've ever seen. It was so bad to watch. The book was, I don't know, maybe maybe that's my shirt's gimme, but like the movie is so gruesome. She turns skeletal. She's got this, she's bruised all over. She's got this yellow white skin. Her skull looks like it's oh three times the size. It's, I don't know what they did to her face, but it was awful. Poor Kristen Stewart. And then she like go, starts going into labor. Her back, and this does happen in the book, but to watch it was so horrible. Her back essentially cracks. And we don't know what in the book. In the movie, she like flips. You know how your back is supposed to go, you know, one way. It basically cracks the opposite <laughs> I way. I don't know how your back is supposed to go. <laughs> cracks in half the opposite way. This gnarly sound. And then she goes through this entire, it it does, I, it's so it's, chaotic. I had to awful. shield my eyes. Yeah. And this whole time, I, it's, it's just like really gross. And also I don't understand how it works because then they show her from above and like there's no C-section. Oh, Whereas yeah. in the book, that's like implied that that's how it's done. Yeah. So then it's like the logistics don't really match. It's horrible. It's horrible it, to read and it's horrible to watch. And you know what's also horrible to watch is watching her drink blood. They yeah. could have had her through a straw swallow fine. In right. the movie, she like opens her mouth and it's like in her teeth and on right. her lips. And she's like, it tastes good. <laughs> and <laughs> in the book, in the book, they even make a joke. They're like, Carla, don't get a clear glass. And they get her a straw to yes. do it. So it's like better. And then in yes. the movie, he just pours it into a clear glass and she just like tosses it back. Oh my God. What, just that whole idea still like makes me kind of want to hurl. It's really gross. And then she gives birth. And then what you, the baby CGI, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So they, when Jacob is looking over, uh, Rosalie's holding the baby, he looks over her shoulder, sees the baby for the first time, imprints on her. But they couldn't get a real baby. So they CGI'd a face onto this baby so that I guess it would be more beautiful than the average baby, which yeah. babies are cute. What are you talking about? And this baby has like a fake face. Yeah. And it's just a- like looking at Taylor Lautner. It's the problem with making this movie at this point in time. I think if they were to remake it in 10 years or whatever, our technology would have made it great. But the whole problem is that it's almost too beautiful to describe, to look at. Like, it's so mythical that you can't represent that with the CGI. Yeah, just get it better. It's better read. Um, So then that's where we end. It's like the birth. She, like, opens her eyes and they're red and la, la, la. It's great. So— Questions, comments, concerns, like over this book and what we're walking into next week. Next week is going to be chaotic just based on the number of people that we're about to introduce. Um, what, I have one why? Question. What is that? Is that the whole vampire squad? That yeah, we, they all like uh, come on. Yeah. So I have one question. 
And I've been thinking this throughout the whole series, but it really, it really was apparent during the honeymoon. Would it have killed Robert Pattinson while Taylor Lautner was out here doing his pull-ups, doing his push-ups, getting drinking his steroids? I don't know how steroids are. You do drink steroids? I don't know. Would it have killed Robert Pattinson to do like one pull-up, to do like one crunch? He is supposed to be like this, this like incredible figure have this like marble body and like no yeah. shade to Robert Pattinson but he is like like borderline like flabby skinny dude <laughs> on the sunny moon I was like ah, why? and if they hadn't made such a point in the book to be like his stone hard body <laughs> against mine and his body made of steel like I would have maybe not thought about it so much but you have to think about all the teenage girls reading this wanting it and then Robert Pattinson who's so great in so many ways, I was like, you know, feels I, like and the studio could have paid like right. Gunner or something, whatever his name is, to like. And in comparison to Taylor Lautner, it's like you could have done one third of that, Correct. and it would have been better. But and honestly, like whatever, it's fine. He still it's looks fine. decent, <laughs> but fine. I just feel like it could have been better. Agree. And they didn't figure out his makeup either. He's still no. very weird. All looking. the makeup, all the vampire <laughs> makeup is still just as tough as it was in the first movie. I don't know how we haven't solved that yet, but it's weird though, because Bella, maybe because they started her pale to begin with, and they're not like putting white cover up on like mm-hmm. these other pe- actors' faces. But her makeup looked beautiful in that final scene where That's she opens true. her eyes. Did you like how she magically grew makeup? And she became a beautiful vampire. I did. I also pictured like Alice slaving over her comatose body, putting oh, yeah. on like eyeshadow and primer. Like maybe that was what happened. Yeah, that's dark, but maybe. But yeah, we're definitely departing the best part of this this entire franchise, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Next week's going to be interesting. <laughs> oh, we'll see how long we go. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to be, but uh, one more One more section. We can do it, you guys. If we can do it, you can do it. Okay. (laughs) Last category, unanswerable questions brought in Amelia. We have Kate here. Amelia, go ahead. What's your unanswerable question? Okay. So my unanswerable question is, and this is, I guess, this is, well, this is a question from someone else. From Bert, with two T's, Burn, at Quinn P2323. Um, maybe a bot, maybe a person. <laughs> we, we don't know. Um, okay. He says, I have a once upon a time in Hollywood sliding door question. Sliding door. Great movie. Um, could Ben Affleck have played Cliff Booth, the Brad Pitt character? And would this be come an Apex Mountain rewatchable moment for Amelia? And, you know, I love this question. It's such a, I love recasting movies. I don't know why. I just... I love thinking about them and being like, oh, that'd be fun to have that person in that movie. And honestly, yeah. I I mean, I think, I don't think he would have won an Oscar, but I could see him. I honestly could see him in Leonardo DiCaprio's role, I think a little more. Because he's just like, they're both kind of like sweaty, a little (laughs) bloated. They're like, that's their thing. That's their lane, which I appreciate. I love that for them. I think that's a perfect response. I don't think Ben Affleck has the swagger to play Cliff Booth. (laughs) I don't think so either. Ben Affleck carried that role on his back like a 1,000 pound roll, just absolutely crushed it. I don't know that Ben Affleck has that. You know? (laughs) The Leo role though, I think you're right. I think he could do that one. He's tired. He's like a has-been. No shades yeah. either of them. Tired guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. He's just very tired. Yeah, that was a really perfect question for you. 
Okay. Um, next question. This is from Bryn B. If you could have the voice of one artist perform any song at any venue, what would your combo be? And I think about this a lot because I really wish I had a very good singing voice and I don't. So my gut reaction obviously was I'd want to have the voice of Beyonce. But then I thought, no, I want to have the voice of Celine Dion. Ooh. Ooh. Because she can really grip a crowd and I want to draw tears from the audience. So then I was mm. like, I need it. And Celine Dion, her performances, I saw her once in Las Vegas in the first grade. It was amazing. <laughs> and she always has these grand entrances. She like walks around. She doesn't do any choreography or anything. She just kind of like slinks around in a lovely dress and kind of mm. serenades the crowd. So I was thinking, I know it doesn't really match her vibe, but I was thinking— performing at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. Ooh, you guys know that? Yeah. yeah. It's like yes. Open I, air. Oh, but very hell outdoorsy. yeah. It's mostly for like the head and the heart and the Lumineers type band. But Celine, I want to be Celine Dion there. And I think I would have to sing My Heart Will Go On. Like you need oh. a classic Celine song. Yes. You got it. And I think you want to do like a big ballad where you hit that one last note and everyone starts screaming your name. Like, Les, oh my God, blah, blah. Anyway, and it reverberates across like yeah. the, the Red Rocks Amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, oh my tears. God. One time I saw an ABBA. Wasn't ABBA. It was an ABBA. Uh, they were like pretending to be ABBA group at band? Red Rocks. Yeah. Co- thank you. A cover <laughs> band. So that's my one. <laughs> that's cool. Wait, at is. Red Rocks or just in general? <laughs> No, no, at Red Rocks, at Red Rocks. I was like, what is, wait, what's the relationship cover band could, could book Red Rocks Amphitheater? I feel like it's a yes. really huge venue. Low bar, Liz, want to change the venue? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's, maybe I'll change it to MSG or something. Okay, <laughs> last question. This is the most important one. This is the one I teased at the beginning of the pod. Oh my gosh. Guys, devastating news for just the world <laughs> at large. Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson have called it quits on their two-year relationship. They were in quarantine together. Apparently something happened that drove them apart. I feel like it probably had something to do with just the sex dungeon that is Cara Delevingne's house. (laughs) Yeah. As previously visited on this podcast. And my unanswerable question is, what will become of the legendary sex bench that they quote-unquote bought for a friend? This makes me miss the office a lot because when these paparazzi photos were first taken, I was in my office with Kate and I was flipping around my computer every single (laughs) angle trying to figure out how a sex bench works and what was in the box. This makes me really sad, just A, for them in general. But I don't know. Do you have custody over that thing? Do you share custody? Somebody on Twitter was like, they'll cut it in half like Solomon and they'll get two sex seats. (laughs) (laughs) Which was great. Um, I feel like it fits the vibe of Cara Delevingne's house. Yes, um, yes. Which is like just a horror of like wallpapers and stripper poles and like mirrors. So it seems like it fits the vibe better. But I don't want to like, you know, Ashley Benson might contain multitudes. We don't know. So maybe she'll she'll take it. Someone's got to claim it. I feel like that's not an item where you're like, no, you have it. I don't really care about it. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody really loves the sex bench. (laughs) If not both of them. I don't know. I hope they get back together. Quarantine will last a lot longer. So maybe they'll like be alone in their individual right. places for a while. Carla Delevingne will start seeing like shadows in her creepy ass house and then invite <laughs> Ashley Whoa. Benson back. Maybe. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. You did it. Whoever is here still at the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kaya, our producer, for stitching together this whole thing. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. 